Well, praise the Lord, everybody. So good to be back in the house of the Lord one more time. And uh, don't want to take it lightly what we feel in this house this morning. What a treat it is to be back and, and for the initial invitation and then to get a stay over. I really would have just, I'll, I told Brother Caleb Sampson, I said it was honestly, um, and he knows I had an invitation to go elsewhere. And I really just felt like I would like to kind of be a fly on the wall and stick around, but I didn't want to invite myself. Uh, but I just enjoyed so much just being around you folks, your, your leadership, of course, your pastor and his wife and their family. And then this church family has treated me so good. And I told my wife, I said, it's just unbelievable. You just have to be here. There's no words to describe it. And I tried, but there's just no words. I wrote a few things down when I got up stirring yesterday morning in a journal that I keep. And uh, maybe I'll share a little bit with you. I didn't write it to share with anybody, but I wrote it for myself for memory. But as I thought about it, I thought it, uh, it's just right to give honor to whom honors do. So if the Lord allows and time allows, maybe tonight, I'll share a little bit with you my thoughts. But I appreciate this church and uh, appreciate your pastor. Love them. And he said, we'll treat you so many ways you're bound to like some of them. And I'll just have to tell you, I like all of them. <laughs> I find no fault in you. <laughs> now I mean that. Uh, while you're standing, let's go to the book of Acts. Seems like a good place to go. Acts chapter 2. Familiar. Familiar to all of us as apostolic Christians. And uh, most of you could quote it, no doubt. Acts chapter 2. And uh, verse number 42. I tell our church, we are an Acts. Of course, we know we're an Acts 2.38 church. We're an Acts church period. We're a whole Bible from Genesis to Revelation. Somebody said, I even believe the maps are anointed but are inspired. But uh, for Genesis to Revelation anyway, we certainly believe all the word of God. But I tell our church we're an Acts 2.42 church. The things that even what I preached here on Thursday night, these are not things that, I'm an, uh, that I've got mastered. I'm not an expert in, this, in any of these areas. I'm not an expert in anything. Brother Godair said that that X represents the unknown, and spurt is just a little drip. So I'm just an unknown drip is all I am. But uh, these are things that I've been teaching and preaching in our local assembly, and it's, it's what I want. That's the model. That's the, uh, that's the pattern that I'm after. So that's where we're headed today. One more time, Acts 2 and 42. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, and breaking of bread and in prayers. And so from this scripture and others today, I'd like to just talk to us about an apostolic culture, an apostolic culture. Before we get into this, I want you to pray one more time. By the way, there is an apostolic culture in this church. I just want more of it. Amen. How many wants more of what you have already? Let's pray the Holy Ghost would help us here today. Would you lift your voices in prayer? Jesus, I pray, God, your word would have free course. Praying, God, that you would have your way and you would be glorified. Your will would be done in Jesus' name. And the church said, amen. amen. God bless you. You may be seated today. Um, started a few years ago, I guess, teaching about church culture. 
Culture is, has been defined as the set of predominating attitudes and behavior that characterizes a group or an organization. One definition says it's the sum total of ways of living built up by a group of human beings and transmitted, and listen to this part, transmitted from one generation to another. Amen. It's the behaviors and beliefs and characteristics of a particular social, ethnic, or age group. When it comes to the church, it is the values, the makeup of a church, and its behaviors. It's the beliefs of a church. That's what encompasses church culture. Companies have their own culture. Geographical locations have their own culture. I promise you where I came from in the hills of West Virginia and now in Tennessee, we've got our own culture. And then churches have their own culture. Maybe that's kind of what got my mind in that direction is that I walked into this place and I recognized the culture. Number one, it's apostolic. It's a friendly culture. I think that's Bible, that we are given to hospitality. Praise the Lord. I think that's an apostolic culture to be given to hospitality. And so I got to looking around and was so impressed by the culture of this church. And I just feel like talking about it today. And uh, I realized that in planning a church, and that's what we have done and are still working in that direction, in planning a church, culture is, is developing. We are still developing that culture. And that's why I've been teaching along these lines throughout the past couple of years. And, and I want it to be right. There are so many things that that I just feel like, according to the Word of God, things that I see that I want to be, if I can say it this way, that I want it to be, Elder, in the DNA of our church. Some things that I see in the Word of God. Amen. I read this. It says the, that culture is the manifestation of that which we have cultivated. I, as pastor, have something to do with what gets cultivated in the pew. You and I as saints have something to do with developing a culture within a church. Really what got me started down this road is I did hear a man, an apostolic pastor, make this quote. And he said this. He said, you create a culture in a church by what you preach constantly. Now that's nothing new from what we've heard for years. You get what you preach is what I've always heard. But when he said that, it resonated with me. A culture, he said, you, get, you create a culture by what you preach consistently. Preaching sets the culture for a church. Paul said, so we preach and so you believe. I've heard it for years. You don't have a holiness church. You have a holiness pastor. If you have a holiness church, you have it because you had a holiness man in the pulpit. If you want holiness, you've got to preach holiness. If you want people to repent, you've got to preach the necessity of repentance. If you want people to be baptized in Jesus' name like they are around here, it's because somebody was preaching that you must repent of your sins, be baptized in the only saving name according to Acts 4 and 12 under heaven, given among men whereby we must be saved. That's the name of Jesus and you must be filled with the Holy Ghost because without it, you're none of his. But the reason that's happening around here in 2023 is because there's still some men of God that are filling this pulpit and they're preaching the truth of God's word without fear and without favor. Thank God for men of God that'll preach to us the whole counsel of God. If you're thankful for that, clap your hands and praise God. 
so we preach and so ye believe. Preaching is not for entertainment, although we can be entertained by preaching at times. Preaching is not just for our enjoyment, although we do enjoy preaching, but preaching and teaching and preaching, I'll say, amen. It transforms us, it changes us. I don't wanna walk out those doors today like I walked in, amen. I wanna walk out better than I came in. The way that that's gonna happen is when I get in this good word right here. When I look into as James talks about the mirror of God's word. Well, praise the Lord. I'm feeling my liberty. He told me to feel at home. I'm starting to feel like teaching a little bit and preaching a little bit today. Amen. I want to look in the mirror of God's word. I don't want to just turn it on my brother or turn it over to my sister and say, look in the mirror. He's talking to you. No, when that man's preaching, he's preaching to me. I need to hear what that book says. One thing I don't want to do is I don't want to sit back in a pew, listen to what my man of God says, uh, recognize I'm looking in the mirror, I see I need to make some changes, and I walk back out and I'm a forgetful hearer of what I've seen and what I've heard. Well, praise the Lord. Amen. Don't want to be a forgetful hearer. Well, I'll tell you what, sometimes you come to church and you say within yourself, man, he's talking to me, he's reading my mail. And uh, it makes you quite uncomfortable. The mirror's not always. But I'll tell you this, the mirror, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't lie. There are some mirrors that lie. I enjoy going to the state fair. They have those, sometimes they have those funny looking mirrors that make you look short and fat. Not that I'm not that already, but they, you know, they, they kind of change your appearance. But when the word of God, the mirror of the word of God, when it's put before us, that does not lie. You know, I look in the mirror sometimes like this morning. I thought I'd like to go down and get me a cup of coffee, but I looked in the mirror and I thought I better do something about this before I go down there. I'm glad I didn't forget what I seen, but I'm glad I got my toothbrush out. I'm glad I got my comb out. I'm glad, I'm glad I put my long sleeve shirt on, went downstairs, amen, had a cup of coffee and didn't scare everybody off. The mirror did me a favor this morning. <laughs> Amen. I'm not going to push you today. I'm just going to enjoy the word of God with you. Amen. It made me uncomfortable for a minute, but I looked in it and I realized I need to make some changes. That's the way we ought to approach church. God, I don't want to leave the same way I came, but I want to look in the mirror of your word and I want it to transform me. And I want to be conformed into your image and into your likeness. Thank God for preaching today. Anybody thankful for preaching and thankful for a pastor in your life? Oh, I still believe that it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. That's still what saves men and women from sin. It is preaching. Amen. Paul told Timothy, preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine for the time will come they will not endure sound doctrine but what they're going to do they're going to heap to themselves teachers having itching ears uh, amen they're going to turn away their ears from the truth but thank God there is a people at the apostolic lighthouse that says preach to me preacher I want to know what that book says uh, amen don't take anything out of it preach it line upon line and preach it without fear and preach it without favor oh come on let's magnify the Lord here today Hallelujah. Hey, 
Amen. You know what built this church? Amen. A whole lot of help built this church. We heard about that on Friday morning. It was helps that helped build this church. But one of the primary things that built this church, it was the preached word of God that brought this into existence. Amen. Just like Ezekiel, he just got up and he preached to the wind. You've been there. I've been there. But you get up and you don't see the immediate results. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Amen. You get up in that garage and you just kept on preaching and guess what happened things started coming together praise the Lord the body started coming together the bones the structure started coming together Holy Ghost here today hallelujah to God somebody magnify the Lord thank God there's a church alive in the ocean Missouri today because somebody got up and they preached when they didn't feel like preaching and they preached when they were tired and they preached when they were sick but they kept on preaching preach preacher somebody shout it when he gets up here preach to me man of God I've got to be saved I'll clap your hands and praise the Lord. Woo! I guess it's along those lines when I got to preaching to those empty chairs and I, I thought, you know, that's kind of how we started. I knew we'd have one family to come, but I wasn't sure about it anymore. But I made up my mind. I was going to get in there and I was going to go to that college classroom and then I, we went on a Sunday afternoon. We met at a college classroom on Tuesday. Sunday afternoon, we went to a hotel conference room. Now that sounds big and nice, but it was smaller than the best Western conference room if you've ever been in there. I went in there and we set up PA and I thought, dear Lord, we're going to run everybody because I like it hot. And I said, we're going to run everybody out of this hotel. But they just let us have church and we had church wherever we went. We went to a fire department, had church there for a while, but I just kept on preaching and it kept on coming together. Hey, but I'm telling you right now today, I don't know how many's in church today. Maybe I'm not, I'm not going to try to give any hype, but somewhere between 50 and 70 on a Sunday. Hey, but, but things are just still coming together. We're still in an old church with wood floors and wooden pews. But bless your heart, when I get back there next Sunday, I'm going to wrap back my shoulders. Amen. I'm going to plant my feet and I'm going to preach like there's 300 people there. And it's going to happen by the grace of God. We're going to have revival and it's going to come because somebody's not afraid to preach and somebody's not afraid to hear it and live it. Thank God for an apostolic culture here this morning. Hallelujah. Hey man, you may be seated. Preach the word, preacher. Hey man, Paul told Timothy, you just gotta preach the word. Be instant, in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering, doctor. Boy, I tell you what. Hey man, there's times I know, I know probably the majority of this congregation here today, you didn't feel like coming today. I mean, let's be honest, you, you were tired. I'm talking about physically. Hey, man, your spirit wanted to be here, but you just had to drag your flesh to church. That's the same thing the man of God fights. He gets tired, he gets headaches, uh, he gets knee aches, uh, he gets arthritis, but he keeps on preaching. Thank God for a faithful. Hey, I just feel like continuing this celebration today. Thank God for a faithful man of God and woman of God that's been committed, that's been sold out. Thank you, pastor, for preaching to me. Preaching, preaching builds churches. One, uh, 
one, one old bishop, they asked him back in the, I think it was in the Depression era, he built quite a church, amen, quite a congregation and quite a building in a time when nobody else was doing it. And I'm thinking that it was Bishop G.T. Haywood that did it. I'm not positive about that. But they asked him, they said, and I know that he did it, but I think this is the one they asked. They said, how did you do that, Bishop? How did you build a church in, in this kind of environment with lack of funds and what have you? He said, I just got up and I told him the truth. And I got back up and I told him again. And I got back up and I told him again. Nothing new, nothing different, nothing far out, nothing weird, nothing wacky. He just got up and he preached the word. Amen. And he got up back next Sunday and he preached the word. Amen. Preach Acts 2.38. Preach Deuteronomy 6 and 4. Preach holiness. Amen. Preach there's only one God. Preach it again, preacher. Preach it again, preacher. I'm not tired of hearing it. I'm not weary with the word of God. How about you this morning? Praise the Lord. Paul told Timothy, or Paul in, in Philippians, he said, uh, for me, and I might not quote it just right, for me to write the same thing, uh, for, for me it's not grievous, he said, but for you it is safe. In other words, if I can say it my way in my translation, amen, to tell you the same thing again, that doesn't bother me. It's not grievous to me to get up and preach Acts 2.38 again. <laughs> hey, but it doesn't bother me to hear a man of God get up and preach one God again. It doesn't bother my spirit for a man of God because it's in that book from Genesis to Revelation to preach separation. It might bother my flesh, but my spirit says, thank God, there's a man of God, amen, in Neosho that's watching for my soul. And thank God for a man of God that cares about my kids, that cares about my grandkids, that cares about my own soul more than he cares about what he drives, where he lives. While I'm on that, I just believe we've got a man of God. Hey, but he doesn't need this to, to, to finance what he does. I got to look at I'm just telling you from my perspective today. He pours what he has into this church. I know this is probably making him uncomfortable, and I don't mean to. I didn't plan on saying this. I'm just telling you what I'm giving him from my heart, what I'm giving him honor for. That man could do anything he wants to do and make a good living at it. That man right there's proven that he can make a good living, amen, doing what he does. Amen. Thank God that it's not about the money. They're not worried about what they preach because they're afraid the tithes are going to get cut off. What they're concerned about is, I want that little boy to be saved. I want that elderly gentleman to be saved. I want everybody in the Osho and beyond to be saved. Hey, you can make it to heaven from here. This is the gate of heaven because somebody's watching for your soul. I'm not trying to pump him up. Y'all can be seated. But it came out before I thought about it last night. I'm sitting there talking to him. And I, I thought it. I've got, a, I've got an issue with I'm working on it. Pray for me. That I don't really have much of a filter. And if it comes through here, it just comes out. I said, I could set unto you as a pastor. I just said it before I thought. I could set unto you as a pastor. I'm not looking for nowhere to go. Not yet, anyway. Maybe after 23 years, maybe then. But not yet. 
But I said, I could say unto you as a pastor, hey, I don't know what that does for you, but that ought to make you feel good that you've got somebody that loves you. I can be saved here. My children can be saved here. Hey, all of us haven't always been able to say that, but thank God you're in a safe place. Why are you in a safe place? Because he's not preaching anything new. What he preached in that garage, bless your heart, that's still what he's preaching in 2023. Holy Ghost, and build a bigger building and watch if he won't preach the same thing. Knock the walls out and build a wing and see if he won't preach the same thing. Because that's what got us here. And that's what's going to take us home by the grace of God. I'll clap your hands and praise God. Amen. Forgive the carnal reference. I heard a good elder mention it, and he said, I think it was Vince Gill they were interviewing, and I'm not promoting country music. Hey, man, we don't promote rock music. I don't promote country music. They, they took me when I was a kid. They took you around as a teenager. I was in a Christian school, and they took us to this place where they teach you all of the subliminal messages of rock music. Anybody remember that? They're going around doing that, telling you what all they're saying backwards if you were to listen to it backwards. Somebody said, if you listen to country music backwards, you'll get your tractor back, you'll get your dog back, you'll get your wife back. So I'm not promoting country music, but Vince, I think it was Vince Gill got to the Grand Ole Opry nervous and, you know, what he do performing in a situation like that. And, and some older gentleman, maybe it was Porter Wagner or somebody, boy, I know too much about this stuff not to be promoting it, don't I? Hey, man, I ain't always been here. There'd be C stuff coming out of me before Christ. Hey, man, said, uh, Boy, just sing the song that got you here. That's all you got to do is get up and sing the song that got you here. You know what we're doing around here 23 years later? That man, then this lady, she's singing the song that got her here. I heard that on Thursday night. She's singing the same song that got her here. Matter of fact, she pulled some of those same old songs out. Praise the Lord, that same drive. That same passion. Well, I feel it's the will of God. I'm not trying to brag on myself. I'm bragging on the Holy Ghost right now. I feel it's the will of God this morning. God wants us to hear what I'm preaching today. Thursday morning, I was out here and I thought, boy, I don't want to be the only one. I've sat where you've sat. Y'all had visitors here, and you know how it is. Everybody's a little awkward on when it's not your home church, and, and everybody's busy working here. And I thought, man, I don't want to get up. I just preach, stir up yourself, and here I'm sitting here like a, a, a ward on a frog, and, and it's quiet, and I'm trying to pray a little bit, and I'm not indicting anybody else. I'm indicting myself. I was sitting right over there, and it's kind of quiet. All of a sudden, that door swung open, and I heard something before she ever got in here. And it wasn't within five minutes the whole atmosphere of this place changed because somebody's still singing the song that got her here. I'm just giving honor where honor's due and I'm giving honor to this congregation because it wasn't long. Y'all started coming in after working hard and out back and wherever. Amen, and you started coming in working, amen, and weary, but you came in and you prayed and you worshiped and you got with the preaching. Amen, it's people like you that you can build a church with. It's faithful saints, amen, that don't necessarily sing. They don't preach. There's not a lot of talents that you can see. But I'm telling you what, that's an integral part of the body.
somebody that's helping this thing move forward. Every part of the body is important. Amen. You can't see my lungs. I know this is elementary, but I'm sure glad I've got them today. And I couldn't live without them. Boy, I'm going to tell you, the, I feel like that the engine that drives, I say this about the local church that I pastor, the engine that drives this thing is prayer. And anybody can pray. Anybody can worship. Anybody can say hallelujah. Anybody can lift their hands or lift their voice. Anybody can do it and put your heart in it and see if you can't change the atmosphere around here. See if you can't come in here on a midweek when people have worked all day long and they're tired and they're weary, but make up your mind. I'm gonna get with the man of God. I'm gonna sing the song that brought me here. I'm gonna worship. I'm gonna pray. I'm gonna say amen. We're not gonna let it slack. We're not gonna let it die. Amen, we're gonna get up and do something about it. Why sat we here until we die? Let's have revival till Jesus comes. Oh, come on, clap your hands and praise God. It's not grievous. For me to say the same thing is not grievous. But for you, it is safe. The kind of preaching you hear around here is safe preaching. Who am I to address an elder in any way? But Pastor and uh, Brother Caleb Sampson, don't ever feel bad. I've been there. I thought, you know what? And I called an elder one day. I said, we're trying to build a church. And every time I feel like I'm starting to get something established where we can kind of move forward, we get, boy, it's a good problem to have. We get new people coming in. Finally get folks grounded. All of a sudden, new, new folks show up. And I'm thinking, man, in a, you can do what you want to do around here. You get a good crowd coming in and preach what you want to preach. And people don't feel like they're being targeted for the most part. But you try to do that in, I don't know, 30 by 50 building or something, and you get up and preach on, start naming standards and things, and people feel like they walked in with a bullseye on them. They're the only ones doing it, and you feel like, man, I know who he's talking to, and that's not really who's on my mind at all. But it changes the dynamics of things, and it changes my mentality, because I'm trying to reach people and not run them off. I'm not afraid to preach it, but there's a time. Everybody's not ready for steak yet. So don't get upset if the man of God didn't say it this Sunday. He's walking in the wisdom and the fear of God and he's out to save them, not to to damage them and hurt them. But I got to thinking, I thought, you know what? Amen, I want to move them forward in holiness or other areas, but here we've got a church full of guests. What do I do? I called a man. He said, you just get up and preach Acts 2.38 again. I said, but these people have heard it a thousand times. He said, they'll enjoy it all over again because you know why we do that? We understand this is safety in this. Keep on preaching to me, pastor. Preach it again. I've got to be saved. Oh, let's love the Lord. Come on, let's worship him today. Lift your hands and lift your voice. Let's talk to him. Hallelujah. You may be seated. The, the word culture, incidentally, it comes from the word meaning cultivate. And it's like, it's like how you would cultivate a piece of ground. And you folks know more about that than I do. But 
it's a whole lot of toiling. It's a whole lot of turning of the soil. It's a whole lot of sweat and tears and probably blood. A lot of planting and a lot of watering. That's what's been going on here at this local assembly. Hey man, it's been a whole lot of that, a whole lot of work. You know what revival is? Revival is a four-letter word. It's work. That's what revival is. Well, praise the Lord. Amen. But I believe if we keep on, if we keep on toiling and we keep on cultivating and we keep on sowing the seed, I believe there will be a harvest. I don't believe that God's word will return void. Well, we get up and I know I'm Screaming and hollering this weekend, but every time, it's not always like we've had church on this celebration weekend. But when the pastor's getting up and he's teaching the word of God, it's not wasted time to come to church. Bible study's not waste of time. Sunday morning's not a waste of time. Because if you open your heart and you allow the seed of the word of God to be planted, something's going to come to fruition. Something's going to come to harvest. There will be a change. There will be a transformation. Amen. In this church, there are people that are not the same place they were six months ago, three months ago. Why? Because they've been faithful to church and hearing the word of God. And they've become doers of the word of God. And the word of God and their Preach word of God particularly is changing us into his image and into his likeness. Boy, God, get upset sometimes because the enemy can kind of get you focused on one or two individuals that are not making progress. And I get my mind on those because I told you the other night, I want 110%. I want everybody on board. But I've lived long enough now to think that probably everybody's not going to get on board. And I'm not going to get sidetracked. What I'm trying to do is realize there are people, I mean, I understand everybody's not where they should be, but sister so-and-so is a long ways from where she started. Amen. And brother so-and-so's not where he used to be. Look around, church. There's progress being made. Yes, there's more people. God's adding to the church such as should be saved. But it's not just a numerical growth that's taking place here. Don't put everything just in what we can see visibly. But there is a spiritual growth that has taken place. And I'll say even this weekend, there is spiritual maturity and growth that has taken place in this church. Well, I'm going to get up, as for me, I'm going to do what the book says. I'm going to sow in hope. Hallelujah. I'm going to sow in hope that there will be a harvest. I'm going to preach to them one more time. And that individual that's not changing, I'm just glad they came back one more Sunday. I'm just glad they came back one more Tuesday night Bible study. I'm glad they didn't go out in the world. They might not be what they should be, but I'm glad for another chance to sow in hope and preach to them one more time. Oh, hallelujah. So with all that in mind, what kind of culture do we strive to have? I, there's a lot of church growth books, and I'll try to read everything I can get my hands on. I'm trying to build, a, build the church with God's help, and I understand it's his church. And he's building it, but I want to be a tool in his hands. But this, this right here, this is the best book we can read for church growth. This is the pattern. I'm not looking to the Joel Osteens. I'm not trying to hurt your feelings. I'm not looking to all the amen, preachers out there. I'm not looking to church across town or across state. I'm looking to this right here. This is our pattern about how we build an apostolic church and an apostolic culture. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, breaking of bread. Can you give me just a little more time today? He's, I'll try to... I'll try to hurry, but I want to look at this passage in particular. Amen. To have an apostolic culture, we've got to have apostolic doctrine. They continued in the apostles' doctrine. We're in a day and age where they'll tell you it doesn't matter what you believe as long as you believe. 
You and I know that's not true. The devils believe and tremble and they're not saved. It matters that we believe the doctrine. Doctrine does matter. Can you say amen today? Take heed to thyself and unto the doctrine, Paul told Timothy. Continue in them, for in doing this, thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. If we're going to be saved, we're going to be saved by doctrinal preaching. Doctrine saves. He said, I charge you before God and the Lord Jesus Christ who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom. Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. When you preach, Timothy, make sure that you preach the doctrine. Hey, young men that are coming up to preach, if there's any under the sound of my voice, get the doctrine in you and preach the doctrine. Something, don't preach something new, some new fad, but preach the word of God. If there come any unto you and bring not, this is 2 John 1 and 10, bring not this doctrine. What doctrine? The doctrine that this man delivered unto you, which was Bible doctrine. Amen. They don't bring this doctrine. The Bible says, receive him not into your house, neither bid him Godspeed. Romans 16 and 17. I beseech you, brethren, mark them. That word mark means to observe them. You better keep your eye on somebody. You better look a little askance at somebody that's trying to cause division between you and your man of God in your church. I'm just preaching the word to you today, which calls division and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you have learned and avoid them. You don't have to be rude. You don't have to be unkind but that's not going to be my best friend. My best friend is going to be the friend that brings out the best in me. My best friend is going to be rallying with the man of God, rallying with the church. Amen. They're going to be praying and worshiping. Amen. We've got to have a culture of doctrine, of truth. Can you say amen? I could say more of that. Let me just move on. In the New Testament church, we are a part of the church that began in Acts 2. The Bible says they continued. This is where, and most theologians would agree, that the Acts chapter 2 is where the New Testament church was birthed, where it was founded. And this is the pattern for us to follow. Amen. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all together. They were in one accord. Hey, that's an apostolic culture. In one mind, in one accord. And the Holy Ghost moving like it's been moving around here. They continued in the doctrine that was delivered unto them. They continued in Acts 2.38. That word continued means don't deviate. Don't dilute it. They continued steadfastly. Let's look at this word steadfastly. It means to adhere to one. To be devoted or constant to one. Boy, I'll tell you what. I don't want to meddle with people that are given to change. But thank God for some saints of God. I've been bragging on the man of God, and I am yet. But thank God for some saints of God that are staying committed, that are constant with the doctrine. They're continuing steadfastly. Amen. They're not deviating. It means to continue all the time in a place. It means to persevere and not to faint. Hey, I've got a word for us today. Be encouraged. Don't quit. Don't give up. Don't forsake the truth. Don't forsake the church. Don't forsake the man of God. And God forbid, don't forsake the doctrine. Persevere, church. 
synonymous word is, is uh, unwavering. The Bible says, be ye steadfast, unmovable. Well, we need to be like some of these elder saints that I, you know what I'm thankful for right now? I'm thankful for some gray heads that are, maybe because I'm getting a few myself, but I'm thankful for some gray heads around this church that are just, they may not run with everybody else because they can't, but their heart's running. They may not leap when everybody else is leaping, but their heart's leaping. They're saying amen. They're lifting their hands. And guess what? They're faithful to the house of God. I'll tell you this. I know I'm going slow today, but maybe it's all right. Everybody's weary and tired. I had a sister that we, we started the church with. She came second month we were there. She had had in her past some of the greatest preachers she'd been exposed to in Pentecost. And long story short, that church shut down. He sold the building, moved off. And she'd tried other places, but that's the reason we were there. There just wasn't anything there. I didn't know her, but we came to town. She found out that we were there. And second month in, she comes. And she was really in a bad backslidden condition. But she said she'd lay in her bed at night. She'd pray, God, send us a pastor. God, send us a man of God to this town. In her backslidden state. And uh, living with a husband that was bitter because of everything that had happened. And uh, so she came in, made one of the best solid saints. We just buried her recently. But I'm going to tell you what. There wasn't a lot she could do. But she was this type of a sister. That if, I, if a pastor or a preacher was coming to town, she would slip over to me and discreetly without anybody knowing it. She'd put a $100 bill in your hand or something and say, here, go feed the preacher. That's the kind of, that's the kind of people that churches are made out of. She didn't run. She didn't shout. She wasn't the most vocal. Amen. But she would, she'd walk in. I done told you a little bit of what our church is like. Nothing fancy. But she'd come in and when we'd have testimonies every now and then. She'd get up and she'd testify. I thank God for this little church. I thank God for my pastor. Every time she was so grateful. She didn't have everything we have today. But her heart was so full. Thank God. She'd cry. She'd weep. I'm so thankful that God sent you our way. Hey, I don't want to lose that. Some of you have been with this man a while. We don't want to lose that. Thank you, God. That's what we all ought to say right now. Thank you, God, for a good man of God, a good lady of God, a good leadership in this church. Thank you for Brother Caleb Samson and his family. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your blessings. She'd come and they had me a designated spot there and uh, she'd park right beside me every service. And many times she'd open that hatch of that of that. Uh, Toyota she had and she'd pull out she'd pull out a ham or she'd pull out a basket of goodies or she'd have stuff my kids didn't have a birthday without her noticing I'm just telling you that means something and we'll pull in there and even my boys now look over at that parking spot like some of you have looked at empty pews before because saints have gone on and that my boys would pull in they'd look and say I sure miss sister Sproles mom Sproles we'd call her I sure miss mom Sproles I'm going to tell you what she wasn't the most, but I'm tipping my hat to some elderly saints today that you may feel like you're all washed up, but those that be planted, I'm talking about being steadfast right now. I'm not deviating from the message. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord, they shall flourish in the courts of our God. There's still a place for you because you've been planted and there's still beauty, amen, that you can display and beauty to behold because you've been planted for 20 plus years in the house of God. 
You've served God faithfully for many years. Amen. And I value you and you already know your man of God values you. Thank God for some unwavering, steadfast, solid saints. Aren't you thankful for them today? I think we ought to give them a hand clap and honor God the same today. Amen. I've said enough about the doctrine. There's plenty more I'd like to say, but we are built upon the foundation of the apostles' doctrine. Amen. We are built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. What makes it even more valuable is Jesus Christ himself be the chief cornerstone. He's the one that endorsed it. He's the one that, that, that initiated and told them what to preach. And I can build my life upon a solid foundation. And as I'm saying that now, I'm reminded that in this foundation, there's an old Bible, there's an elder's Bible that's beneath me, reminding me, boy, you better preach the doctrine. And when there's scriptures all in this church building, reminding us we better be steadfast. We better not move from the doctrine that's built this church. I, I don't care how nice it is. I don't care how fancy it is. We've got to keep on preaching the same truth that brought us here. Thank God for the apostles doctrine today. This is the very foundation of heaven. Why you make a big deal out of it preacher? Because it's the foundation of heaven. John saw that city and he said it's got 12 foundations and the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb are on that foundation. If you want to go to heaven, you've got to go there by the apostles' doctrine. You've got to repent of your sins. That means turning from sin, from the world and unto God. You've got to be baptized in Jesus' name. That's what they preach, and that's what we're still preaching. And you must have heaven's Holy Ghost if you want to make it there. We've got to continue in that doctrine. And fellowship. Everybody say fellowship. That's koinonia, and we heard it throughout this meeting. That's, that's to share in anything. It means joint participation, it's fellowship, it's intimacy, it's communion, it's community, and it is a partnership. It matters that we participate. I think it was Brother Newman that talked about it. it's participation. It matters. I can't drive that home enough. Uh, amen. But it matters that we show up and we show out. It matters uh, that if there's a dinner call, it's not just getting together and having hot dogs. It's apostolic to have fellowship what builds a church? Acts 2.42 builds a church. Amen. Preaching builds a church. But fellowship builds a church. He's not doing that just because he's got time to waste. He's got other things he can do. And so do you. But you understand, this is what's helping us build a church. I'm getting connected to the body. I'm getting connected to the family of God. One of my biggest struggles with new converts and people coming in out of the world is they're not used to doctrine that includes fellowship and participation. They're in on Sunday just in time for church and they're out the door. I, I want to give a word of admonishment. If you're new or young Christian around here, get as connected to the body as you can. Amen. Show yourself friendly. You're in a friendly church, but you've got to show yourself friendly. Show up when they're having something. Show up when a dinner's going on. You may not play ball, but just go and pull up a chair and watch them play ball. But do whatever you can to get connected and integrate into the body. Amen. Participate. When they're singing, read the words until you learn them or, or lip sync, but sing. When their hands are going up, worship. When they're praying, come up and pray, but let's participate. What's it do? 
It builds unity. I was listening to this elder. I'm listening the whole weekend. I'm listening for every clue I can get. And he started talking about these things, not even knowing that's what I was going to teach and preach today. He started talking about the importance of fellowship and how that bonds people, that being one of the keys. I say, keep it up, church. Let's keep having apostolic church. Let's keep going in Acts 2.42 style. It builds unity. I've already said they were in one place. They were in one accord. The psalm says, Psalm 133, how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. That's the conduit for the anointing to flow through. But when there's bickering and there's gossip and there's biting and devouring, the Bible says take heed lest you all be consumed. Nothing will destroy a church quicker than gossip and backbiting and devouring. And it's an entrance. When you have that, it opens the door to every evil work. If that goes on, that's an entrance for every evil spirit to enter in. There'll be fornication. There'll be all kinds of unclean spirits. Uh, amen. I'm, not t- I'm telling you today, it does matter that we keep our mouth off of the church, off of the man of God. I don't want to be a conduit for evil and wickedness and vileness. I want to be a conduit for the anointing to flow through. I want to help there to be unity. How good and pleasant it is. Fussing is not pleasant. Bickering, arguing. I mean, y'all may enjoy that, but so much better. You can have a fuss with your wife. But I'll tell you what, before the sun goes down, I've just got a conviction that I, I'm sleeping in my bed. I'm not... I'm not sleeping in the doghouse. I'm not sleeping in the guest room. I'm not, I've never, 20 some years, I've never slept on the couch. I've never slept in the guest room. I've never went back to mom's, but I'm going to meddling now. I'm crawling back in my bed. She can turn her face to the other wall for all I care, but I'm getting back in my bed and with God's good help, I'm not letting the sun go down upon my wrath. Amen. I'm afraid the trumpet will sound. I'm afraid Jesus will come back. I'd rather make up. I'd rather have peace. I'd rather have unity. How good and pleasant that is. Y'all never fuss. Y'all never carry on. I'm going to tell you what. My mom and dad said that, but that's their business. I, I lived with them. That's their business. They said they never argued. That, we'll just leave it at what they said. But Hard to believe people's human if they don't argue a little bit. I'm just saying I got to work it out. In my home, I got to 1130. What time is it? I got to 1130. Hey, man. I, in my home, I'll walk in sometimes, Sister Samson, and nothing's said, but I can feel something's not right. Hey, not because I'm super spiritual, just because I got common sense. I can feel something's up. That boy's attitude's out of kilter. Something's up. And uh, I'm going to do whatever. I'll go. Y'all, I don't know how y'all deal with technology. And you deal with it the way he says. That's how you deal with it. But they've got a few games. And I've monitored that. I promise you. But there's some. Uh, one of my boys does a little football game. And if I say anything, he's right and I'm wrong. And he can pastor me. So. Uh, but I'll, I'll get to look and say, is he playing something he shouldn't play? Is he, my, my parents bought him, a, not a phone, but he's got a little iPod and it's got all kinds of 
more stuff, it causes more trouble for me sometimes than what it's worth, all the safeguards we've got on there so he can't do anything. But he's got it fixed where he can FaceTime Mama who's in another state. So he got that, but I'm thinking, did he find a way? Because they can find a way out of all of that kind of stuff. Is he on something he shouldn't be on? I'm just telling I'm digging, I'm finding out what's he been doing? What's he been listening to? What's he been playing on the Alexa? So I get on my app. Boy, it's a, it's a deal trying to be a parent in this day and age. I've got an app that I can see what Alexa, what's been playing on Alexa. So I go looking and say, what are they listening to on Alexa? Hey Amen. And I see he's been asking questions about whatever. And his sports is his big deal. That's my battle right now. So he's asking questions about, anyway, whatever it is. But I'm just, the point is, I got to get to the bottom of it. What's causing the attitude? That's kind of the way I pastor. What's the problem? I've got to find out because I've got to have an apostolic church. We've got to have unity. We've got to have a pleasant atmosphere. Don't run down your brothers and sisters. Work it out, pray it through, talk it out. But let's have revival until Jesus comes. I'll clap your hands and let's praise God. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit. Well, what y'all have around here is unity. If not, don't tell me because I don't see it. But... But I'm just saying this. I've got enough sense to know that it takes work to have this. That you can have it on one service and by the next, you've got to go to work on it again. That's why the Bible says endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit. You've got to work at having this. You've got to work at a good marriage. You've got to work at a good relationship. You've got to endeavor to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. And then breaking the bread. I'm about through. I'm not through, but I'm about through. Breaking of bread. Some would say that's the word, and I'd say amen to that. But I'd also say it's donuts and it's pizza. And I'd say let's go have some. Praise God. (laughs) Hallelujah. Amen. I believe that's important is what I'm saying. I done told you. I believe fellowship is important, but I believe that we don't need to take it lightly. And I, I'm being repetitious right now, but I believe whatever the fellowship is, if it, if it encompasses those barbecue sandwiches, I'm ready to run for it right now. Hey Amen. That's breaking a bread, brother, and that's good stuff. I believe that's apostolic. I'm about to shout. We're about to get the B3 going. Hey Amen. Get the bass going. We're about to have some shouting ground right now. I believe it's apostolic to have fun. Boy, you want to hear my conviction right now? I believe we ought to be happy people. I believe we ought to be joyful people. Happy is that people whose God is the Lord. I don't believe we ought to walk around looking like we've been sucking on lemons. I believe we ought to laugh. I believe we ought to have a good time at church. I don't believe it's the comedy barn. I believe it's an apostolic church, but there's nothing wrong with having a good time. I'm not so sanctified that I can't have fun. Breaking a bread is important. The strong said that's food of any kind. I looked it up. Amen. And it means to participate in those things. And in prayer. Thank God for a praying church. They continued in one accord in prayer and supplication. Mine house shall be called the house of prayer for all people. If you believe that, clap your hands and praise God. It's an apostolic church. It's a tongue-talking church. It's an aisle-running church. It's a one-God church. It's a holiness church. It's a praying church. Give me five minutes. 
Acts chapter 1, I've already read it. It was a praying church. Acts chapter 3, Peter and John went up together at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. Amen. They continued in prayer. Acts chapter 4, and when they had prayed, the place was shaken. My God, I want it to happen all over again. When they had prayed, the place was shaken. Oh, Lord. Not when they played, but when they prayed. Thank God for that. Oh, I'd like to get him up here right now. Thank God for that keyboard player slash organist. Thank God for him. Thank God for the guitar players. Boy, I was enjoying that the other night. I was trying not to make a scene. I was enjoying that so much. Amen. Thank God for all the musicians. But when we didn't have the musicians, thank God for some praying saints. And thank God we've got them today. I'm not about to run them off. I want more of them. Amen. I got an organ tucked away in my back room just waiting to bring it out. I'm ready for that organist. Y'all pray we get one. Matter of fact, we got one. Pray that she gets right so she can get on it. I heard we got one of the, and she ain't made a deal about it, but I heard we've got one of the best organists. Hey man, she plays a B3, and I don't know much about it, but I like to hear one. I think she owns one, but she can play it. She's just not ready to live right, but she's coming. She's one of them. She keeps coming, and she's making progress. Oh, Holy Ghost, help us. Y'all need to pray with me today. Help God help her to get on board. Help her, Lord, to make a commitment and use her talent for you. I've got, we had a, well, I'm taking too long. We had a, a lady 50, in her late 50s. She didn't play the piano, but she knew we needed one. She said, Pastor, I went to her. I said, I know you can pick around a little bit. I need, I need somebody to play. She said, I can't play, but if you want me to, I'll try. 50-some years old, trying to learn how to, how to play the piano. We're struggling, amen, but God just recently gave us a good guitarist. He's leading service back home today. Does a good job. It's little by little, but it's coming together. I'm gonna go back home and preach it again. I got another couple, amen, they were sent to us, amen, in a loose, real loose church. I mean, one of them deals, I just don't know that they could be saved there. And they came with their pastor's blessing. He said, you can help them, help them, and God knows uh, they needed help and they needed to go somewhere. Amen, the guy can play a guitar, she can play a keyboard. I texted him this morning. I said, we need to get together. Amen, you need to start using your talent. Amen, I've given them some time, but you pray they get on board. They live separated. They they believed the message and that's why they wanted out of where they were. It was going south in a hurry. Hey, but I'm just telling you, God will keep doing it. God will keep adding. We got all kinds of talent sitting there right now that's just waiting on their setting on go. They just need the Holy Ghost to stir them. Hey, but I'm just telling you, but more than all that, we need to pray. We need a praying church. That's the engine that drives us. When they had prayed, the place was shaken. You look all through the book of Acts. Acts chapter six, we will give ourselves, verse four, continually to prayer. Acts chapter eight, amen, when they were come down, they prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. Acts chapter nine, uh, arise and go into the street called Straight and, and inquire in the house of Judas. Amen, one called Saul of Tarsus, for behold, he prayeth. Cornelius, a devout man, one that feared God, Acts 10, and he prayed to God always. Peter was kept in prison, Acts 12, but prayer was made without ceasing. You want an apostolic culture? Let's keep the prayer rooms hot. Amen. Let's come for pre-service prayer. Let's pray at the close of prayer. Let's make this a house of prayer. 
Come on, singers. Come on, musicians. However you close this out. I can't preach everything that makes an apostolic culture. But whatever's in that book makes an apostolic culture. Whatever this man cultivates from this pulpit, that's what makes the culture of this church. And that's what's made you what you are. And I commend you for being what you are and what God wants you to be. Thank God for a man of God. And thank God for an apostolic church in the Osho, Missouri. If you're happy to be a part of it, stand to your feet, clap your hands, and let's give God praise. What's an apostolic culture? I preach to you, but I'll also tell you, healings, miracles, deliverance, victory, Holy Ghost baptism, repentance, worship, hospitality. This makes an apostolic culture. Let's have apostolic church, what do you say? Clap your hands and let's rejoice together. Come on, let's praise him until this place is shaken.